0: Thank you for coming out. Oh yeah. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming
1: out. Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here today. We're recording during Pride Month, um, so I don't know about you, but I'm feeling extra gay. Um, So uh, five Prides ago, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You For Coming Out, um, or Tifco as we sometimes call it. Um, and it's now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. Um, during the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring those stories to life. Uh, so the podcast is a little bit different. We still have storytellers come and join us, um, and then it's more of a conversation that follows. Um, so we do have a very special guest here today, uh, Carmen Lebeau. uh they, them, or Carmen. Um, and uh, I'm so excited that you're here, Carmen. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Um, so we all have uh, multiple coming out stories, and so
2: I would love to hear one of yours. Okay, uh, I will I will give you the medium version. Great. Because I have like the short version, you know, like the long version, but I'll stick with the medium version. Um, Perfect. So I was in college, and I had gone to school with a, I had gone away to school in New York, and I had been dating this guy that I met um, at like a religious retreat called Kairos uh, in high school. And we decided to stay together through college. Um, (laughs) And he honestly was like one of the absolute like best people that I that I could have dated at that time and also who helped helped my coming out or I I don't we were in a Chipotle in Ohio and there was a woman who came in a very curvaceous woman and we both looked at the same time (laughs) and he was like you just checked her out and I was like everybody does that. And he was like, no, not everybody does that. And I was like, well, I do. Like, I don't know. (laughs) So that was before college. Um, So that was the first inclination, I guess, or like the first like kind of, kind of sort of awareness. And then when I went to school, I just met people who like, you know, we would like hang out like sleeping each other's dorm like every single night, but it wasn't any, it, you know, quote unquote wasn't anything kind of thing. Um, and then I remember calling him and being like, hey, I think I have feelings for this person. And he was like, okay, that's, that's great. Like, that's fine, you know? And eventually it wasn't, actually that had nothing to do with our breaking up. But eventually we broke up and after that I was just kind of like open. But it didn't really. I don't feel like I really actually like formally came out until one summer, around Fourth of July. My papa had come to visit in New York City, and all of my friends in college had kind of had this like coming out moment, and I just didn't have that moment. And I just felt like, okay, I don't feel I don't feel gay like in a way that I only, or I don't feel like I'm a lesbian. I don't necessarily only want to date women. I'm just completely open. Um, So because all my friends had come out, I was like, dang, I should tell my papa. So he had come to stay with me and I went um, around the corner to this diner where he was having, he was like reading and having a snack or something. And I just, I sat down and I was like, papa, I have to tell you something. And he was like, okay, tell me. And me and my papa had like zero secrets. Like I told him everything, he was my best friend, like there was no, we were just, We just didn't have any secrets. So it was weird that I actually had to tell him something. So I just couldn't stop laughing. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what, it was just so uncomfortable that I even had to say anything. And, And I say that because my papa was one of the most open people that I've ever known just in my lifetime. So it felt weird to even have to have something specific about myself that he didn't know. And then I don't even think I had a, sol- I don't think I haven't en- had enough awareness at that time to think it's a possibility that he might already know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I get there and I just couldn't stop laughing for like 45 minutes. And he was just <laughs> like, why? He's like, just tell me, just spit it out. And I was like, well, I just, I, okay. Uh, and I just didn't know how to say it. So then I was like, uh, I like women. And he was like, Okay. Um, he was like, is this a phase? I know everybody hates to hear that, but I was like, no. And I was like, I like just everyone. (laughs) And he, (laughs) and he responded, this is so cringeworthy, but it's true. He was like, well, I've heard that women know how to please women better than men do. Oh. And I was like, (laughs) mortified (laughs) more. That was, I was so like, I can't believe he said that. So then after that day. And it being, like, so I felt even silly for for all of that. And he was just so cool about it that afterward, me and all my friends, we went, like, through the West Village. And here I am with this, like, 70-year-old man going, like, to Cubbyhole partying. And it was just – it was really fun. Um, yeah, so that was my coming out. And then after that, I came out to my sister because I thought she was gay. But she just – uh, metaphorically speaking left me on red, uh, and then <laughs> later on I found out that she was bi and she just like never met me mm. <laughs> with that um, she never she never really affirmed affirmed that mm-hmm. in that conversation so that was kind of awkward but other than that yeah I was pretty open great thanks for sharing <laughs> but
1: um, I, when I came out to my friend one of my friends she was in a relationship with a woman secretly so when I came out to her, she also didn't tell me like in that moment, and I was like, oh, I wish you would have told. Like, I mean, like you know, we all like do it in our own time, and that's totally valid. But you know, we joke about it now. It's like, I oh, if only I had known, it would have, for me, it would have made things a lot easier. But also, I have to respect her. Yeah, but um, I've never heard left me on red. What is that? It's like you know when somebody
2: when you like text someone and you get like it just says like red.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh unread. Unread is that what you said? Unread or red
2: on- It says read, but then <clears throat> yeah, but then they don't respond.
1: Oh, left me unread. Okay.
2: Yeah. Oh, so I say that because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I she didn't have she wasn't dating anyone for a long time, so I was just like, what? Okay, all right. Let me just let me just tell her, so that way she doesn't feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, you know, like have to have this moment when I'm just already out here. So she, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. And and she didn't she didn't really she didn't really respond.
1: She um you know. I, I thought you were saying on red like the color. Oh so I was like trying to think like equating like a stoplight, but that is I un, un, like yeah. un on red. Like on red. Yeah. Okay. Is it un or on? On. Okay. On red, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna start using it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna like clunkily use it until I can like <laughs> have better more practice with it um my mom asked me a similar or like made a similar comment when I came out to her and was I mean it was really just like have you ever been with another woman and I was like I'm not telling you that like I could barely tell you this like it's just like I love it but it's like it's one of those things where it's like they just want at least like my mom is like okay let's like dig into it then like tell me about it And instead of being, you know, that's like it's a way of support, even though it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to talk to you about that.
2: Yeah, I just, you know, that it wasn't it wasn't something that I want. That wasn't the response that I I didn't have any idea of how you would respond, but Mm -hmm. it was the response that I like gutturally didn't need. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Of course when I told my friends they were like that's <laughs> awesome and everybody was so excited. You know, my college friends were like, "Oh, we're going to we're going to Cubby like with your papa." Like, yeah, <laughs> you know.
1: So what did your papa think of Cubby?
2: Um, well, you know how Cubby has like all the like wonderful things on the ceiling and everywhere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he really had a good time. Like, we mm-hmm. had a jukebox, it was small. He he liked dive bars just as much as I do and it was just like the perfect place, you know, to kind of to kind of hang.
1: That's really cool. I um, like I'm I'm out I'm out to everyone in my family now, but I'm thinking back to like when I was first coming out. I and I I told my mom, and then I had her tell my dad, and then I was thinking I only had at that point I think I only had two living grandparents, and I didn't I didn't tell either of them because I just was like I don't know how they would take it, and I. Um, didn't really want to deal with any kind of negative backlash and I should have let them, I should have given them more credit. Um, but I, and so that I kind of regret, but, but I I was talking to my, uh, this is a two part quick story. Um, and it's more about you, but, um, uh, my mom, well, first my mom said that her dad, my pop, my papa, um, like, would have been totally fine with it and kind of assumed because like I was the president of my Jewish queers and allies group at Hillel and like there were articles about it. And I just never like thought about him seeing those articles. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, you're not hidden about it. Like you're, it's out there. And I was like, Oh, so then it made me feel even worse. Like her bringing that to my attention of like me, like withholding that from him. Um, and then this isn't really about me being gay, but just, I had a lip ring at one point and my, but he, he, it was at, it was at, I think it was at his birthday party and actually my girlfriend was there, but I, I didn't introduce her as that, but he kissed me on the lips and he was like, and, but like, not like intimately, but, but did like a longer hold than I would have wanted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, I like pulled back immediately and I was like, like, cause we've never interacted in that way before. And I was like, what was that? And he was like, you have a lip ring. I wanted to know what it felt like. And I was like, I don't like that. (laughs) I I don't know what made me think of that, but I think just like thinking about my grandpa and like being in I don't know. Um and that also is making me think of um when we would sorry, I'm like digressing a little bit, but he it was making me think of when we when I was younger, we used to go shopping a lot and I like hate shopping. Um so we'd either go to Toys R Us or we would go to like Old Navy. And I always shopped in the men's section. And for whatever reason, I felt okay doing that with him. And I think it had to do with the fact that he never said anything about it. He never, mm. like, shamed me. He never was like, you're in the wrong section. He just, let me, he just let me be. And that in and of itself builds, like, a safe space to, like, be yourself when no one, like, comes back at you. And so I, I think I, I'm thinking about it because now I'm kind of, like, pie- piecing this all together of, like, he created this like really important safe space for me that I didn't realize that I needed or that he had done really. And then now like looking back, like the hindsight of him doing that and like, um, just being like generally open about, um, things and, you know, wanting to know what a lip ring felt. I don't know. I It's just like, you know, it's weird, but I just, I think I feel like regret of not sharing with him, um, something that was so important to me. I don't know. I'm just, now I'm just rambling, but
2: well sometimes it's it's like hard because with grandparents you're like uh you're of a different time and how do you interpret this and like what what words do you use or or do you attach with like Mm -hmm. my queerness or you know however however you identify um because I know my grandma she was like she would say a lot of homophobic things Mm -hmm. um and I think like I realized later, I'm like, well, this is why I never brought my first girlfriend home to meet her because I all growing up, I always heard her say homophobic things. Yeah. Um, And if I had dated a man, she would be so excited. But if she heard about my girlfriend or whatever, she like wouldn't ask or like bring it up or anything. And now I think about it and I'm just like, dang, like I kind of wish that I would have been more open even if it would have been painful Mm -hmm. but just because it feels like so unfinished yeah you know Mm -hmm. like it just feels like I don't know what afterlife is like but it felt like I don't know just like a huge part of my life that was like missing from like the fabric of our relationship story you know what I mean Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: yeah I think that that part that reminds me too of things that people say that they don't even realize what they're saying mm-hmm. and like how, what, but what an impact it has. Um, cause I do, I think part of it also like my grandpa would say like homophobic things or, mm-hmm. and, and not even maybe even realize what he's saying. Um, I think I heard that a lot too, just like around the community of like people saying things that were hurtful. Like I, and also transphobic things that I don't mm-hmm. think that people like realize are transphobic, but me, as like someone who's like who was like grappling and still still is like with different pieces of identity, words matter. And like when you are putting those things out into the world, like it. It's like I I always equated to like, kind of like taking a note and filing it away in my filing cab filing cabinet in my brain of like okay that's a thing that I need to like be mindful of, or like think about. Or this person thinks this way about something, Do you, and it kind of like. Um, kind of like informs relationships in the way that you interact with people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's so true. Um, especially like when you're young and you're... I mean, in a place like New York, I feel like... I want to say I can com- feel completely safe all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a person of color and as a queer person, it's like... You're all and I'm sure you know like as, as all of us know, like you have to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. So a lot of the time I'm thinking like, okay, I'm walking around with my girlfriend. What is this gonna be like? It's already, you know, she has certain experiences going down the street. You know what I mean? Like what is it gonna be like with us together? And like just just having that sense of awareness and knowing that like even though I feel safe and in, in my identity and I feel like comfortable here, it's, I feel like, constantly coming out. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And knowing mm-hmm. whether, like, like negotiating with whatever space I'm in, and that even applies to being on the train or wherever in New York, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, just last night, I, you know, the L trains, I don't know if you know this, but, like, they are running on, like, annoying delays on the weekends, <laughs> yes. and... Um, of course, you live off the L, you know. Um, <laughs> okay. Doy. Uh, and, but, so it was like, I was waiting at Lorimer, and I was like, I could either walk home, it was like 11 at night, or wait 15 minutes for three stops, and I, mm-hmm. I went through that negotiation in my head of like, it's not a, it's, it's like a relatively, I think, like safe neighborhood to walk through, but then I was like, but as a queer person, I was like going through, it's like, I don't wanna risk it. I'd rather wait 15 minutes for a three second train ride, mm-hmm than risk walking alone at 11 o'clock at night as a queer person through the streets. And so it's just like, it is a constant negotiation of that. Yeah. It's, a, it's something that I think about all the time. Um, and how, and also too of, yeah, because it is, it is a constant coming out and a constant um, conversation with yourself of like, is, can I, should I share my pronouns? I know, did you see that Lyft now? You can, you can put your pronouns in your Lyft app, which on the first on the first passing of like seeing that I was like that is awesome. And then I was like I am not doing that because I don't know
2: mm. I don't
1: know if that's safe for me to put those pronouns in and already I've already had people pull up and look at me and pull away. So it was like then adding that added la- layer of you know something that people aren't super familiar with or can be uncomfortable with, I'm like I don't I love your lift for doing it, but I don't think that this is a this is not a time I want to come out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it, because the driver is such an unknown, I think, is like a big piece of that.
2: Come on, y'all. Do better. I know. <laughs> Do better. like. I think I should write a letter to Lyft. What would it say? I think it would say, like, I mean, we are in a time right now I mean, I don't, I don't mean to like bring, bring it down, but I'm just like really upset Mm -hmm. right now about the world. And like, I'm tired of like pushing down my feelings because, you know, it might be feel easier for some people, but I'm like, there are just so many atrocities happening in the world. Like how many black trans women do you have to see in order for people to like want to take action or for people to realize that it's difficult, not just for POCs, not just for immigrants, not like regardless of however you identify it's like we live in a world where it's not always safe to mm-hmm. be who you are and it's like there, there are numbers there are statistics like lift do better mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. literally do better mm-hmm. um so yeah that's my that's my um what do you call the box that you in that's my soapbox soap box. yeah <laughs> uh,
1: i'll i'll happily co-sign that letter with you okay cool because uh, it's i think it's one of those like they have great intentions, but the impact behind doing that could Mm -hmm. be really dangerous. Uh, it could be, I mean, and also leaving space for this could be a really great opportunity for visibility and for learning and, but that's a really optimistic, um, take that. I don't know that we're necessarily ready for, or that is necessarily reality or truth. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Um, The same thing with all the pride things that are happening. Like on the one hand, like I love seeing all these rainbows and I love, I love it. It makes me so happy. And then I'm like, but what are you doing in August for the queer community? (laughs) Right. What are you doing on July 1st? Um, you know, you were getting all this publicity and, um, you know, photo opportunities and social media hits and whatever, however you call it. Um, but like, what are you actually doing to further the, the LGBTQ community and I like get really tangled up in those complicated feelings of the uh, the intention the intention versus the impact of that
2: yes absolutely yeah absolutely so like basically um if any of y'all know Taylor Swift tell her to throw some coins <laughs> <laughs> at some major organizations because I know she has some um and that you know like her showing up at Stonewall I thought was kind of disrespectful and mm. and um I thought it was exploitative so now that I've said that I got a letter to write to Lyft and Taylor's <laughs> way. I'm
1: going to keep a running tally it could just be a form letter do yes. better y'all <laughs> yes love Carmen Dob <laughs> um yeah I um it's just so I have I have mixed feelings about that too. Like it's on the one hand, it's like we need out al- we need allies. For I just had a conversation with a rabbi the other day who does a lot of trans activism, who's a cis man. But I'm like, but people listen to you more than they listen to the trans community. So it's like on that note, like we need you. And our voices are integral and crucial in this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like where do you find the balance of well, I think of like being exploited versus yeah. you know, um, showing your support. And so um, yeah, I don't know, it's something that I think about all the time. I've been thinking about it
2: like in the last just couple days. Um, because I had an interaction with someone who self-identified as an ally, Mm. but then said the most triggering and like just problematic things. And I was just like, wow, like you should not actually identify as an ally. Like you don't get to give yourself Mm -hmm. that title, especially if you know so much more than, you know, you claim to know so much more than the people who are actually affected by those problems and, and like have that lived experience. So if it was if I think if you're trying to be helpful to someone else, like let them speak, listen, mm-hmm. and then figure out a way to like connect with resources or, you know, find a way to get other people like get your people, you know what I mean? Like um, to join in that fight. But the voice is really, like, you, you have to uplift those who are actually experiencing whatever issue. Mm-hmm. You can't speak for them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do we know if Taylor paid all of the guests in her video? Do we know? I know that, like, at the end of it, it's like, write a letter to your congressperson, or whatever it was. But it's like, did she make donations? I mean, I guess maybe I could look it up to see, like, if she's made do, like donations to certain queer organizations. Do we, producer, do you know if she has? Oh great, she has, so that's good. Um, which ones? It's Taylor, I wrote shift. Taylor Swift donations. Um, the first article, a timeline of Taylor Swift's generosity. <laughs> um, uh. Her new single has driven donations to GLAD. Do you know? Do you know off the top of your head who, who she donated to, Bobby? Okay. Um, Bobby's our producer and is incredible. Um, oh, she donated 113,000 to Tennessee LGBTQ advocacy group um, called. I don't want to spend too much more time on Taylor Swift. Um, Tennessee Equality Project. So, yeah. But no, I I, I hear that of like giving space. But then also Sarah Bareilles was there. She's an ally. Mm-hmm. So is that also exploit exploitative? Is that how you I don't know. Say that
2: word? I think it was more about like the lyrics. I think it was more about the the lyrics and mm-hmm. like and wearing the rainbow and like mm-hmm. all of those things that's kind of like okay, yeah, you're doing this on Pride Month. Mm-hmm. You know, World Pride Month. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All of these people kind of like rush to Stonewall. Oh my god, like I, you know, she's going to be performing or whatever because I heard about it just from meeting people um uh at a couple events this week and I was just like dang like that's so crazy because we could be doing this all the time Mm -hmm. but I think there's something about like wearing a flag and not like saying her name do you know what I mean? That's like really strange to me. I don't and 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 you know what I mean like it could be a tweet or it could be like anything so when you have that much influence it's it's hard for me to think that there isn't another way or somebody that is on your team that can say, "Hey, like how can we do more?"
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Like actually changing the culture when you have influence is kind of free.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean that's like you don't have to put any
2: money into that you can literally just say it
1: because you have social cap you have like social capital so it's like you have a different kind of power yeah um for sure uh so um so you know when we did craft your truth in december and that evening was the um concert the town hall concert uh the talent show that the ally coalition put on
0: yeah yeah
1: um Taylor Swift made an appearance. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And she did, uh, she came out with, um, uh, it was Haley Kyoko, is that how you say Haley's name? Um, And I believe it was during that set, and Taylor came out and sang one song, and like it brought the whole, like everyone to their feet, um, and it was. I don't know. It was cool because it because then I mean I don't know maybe I've like am jaded and and I don't, I actually have no idea if I like love or hate Taylor Swift. I'm like going back and <laughs> forth in this conversation like <laughs> I don't know, but um, I thought it was cool that she came and lent her support to this cause that like helps LGBT. It, basically, the whole point of the Ally Coalition is encouraging performers and artists who have a platform to use it to further mm-hmm. LGBTQ rights and issues and communities um and so i guess in that particular instance it made sense for her yeah, to come yeah
2: totally that sounds um, amazing
1: yeah and so and then you know then it created all of this um buzz around the show and the cause and um so it's like it's like this really complicated um but i also hear you like i don't know it's like why can't you wear a rainbow i don't know i'm not trying to, i'm not trying to argue with you i'm trying to like work like work and through this and negotiate like I, mean, I don't know. It's it's complicated, I think.
2: Yeah. For me, I guess. I, I, live, for, I live for Lena Waithe, mm-hmm. Um in a rainbow.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> at,
2: at an event where, you know, you can be seen and you are also part of the community and yeah. you're also challenging all communities um, to support each other and to mm-hmm. support um, marginalized folk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I still keep, I still on the daily think about, um, Billy Porter in his yes. dress and then, um, Glenn, Co- Glenn Close's reaction. Do you know that? Have you seen that? It's just <laughs> yes. like, Bobby, do you know what I'm talking about? It just, if all of you listening, um, the millions of you listening, Google it now, Billy Porter and Glenn Close. Um, and it just is like my favorite thing in the world. Just watching her, the like the gamut of emotion that goes through her face is incredible. I just I don't know the red carpet like with Lena's thing made me think of that. Yeah, um, for sure. So we kind of were were talking about consent a little bit, like with ourselves, of like and when is it safe to consent to come out to, or just like be present, and authentic, in certain scenarios. Um, so I, I want to use that as like a segue to talk about um, your work with Times Up um, and the docu series that you created, harassment. Um, I just want—I want to hear. Tell me everything. You know, <laughs> like um, you had meant, uh, Tell me about the. Yeah, tell me about your activist work and um, and all. I want to know it all.
2: Um, I'll give you the short version. Great. I started um, harassment uh, a. H, it's H-E-R-A-S-S-M-E-N-T, and I created that because I was working with an all-women-identifying team, so behind the camera, um, and then we interview all people, um, marginalized folk or other otherized folk, um, on their experiences with harassment, and then we ask, like, okay, what do we need to do, you know, as your peers to empower others or to have just, like, a more kind world. Um, so that's been really cool. Uh, so we've been filming that for a while. And then, um, I started, like, I started doing events and things to get people together to talk about how to support each other intersectionally, because I don't feel like that's something that's, that is at the forefront of people's minds right now. We live in a, in a space where people are really, um, divided Mm-hmm. And so many different ways that sometimes it's like, do I use labels to like help this conversation, or are they hurting us? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the time in the world that we live in. Uh, so I try to create spaces where people like come together, and and they learn about um, how we can best support each other as we're trying to topple the patriarchy. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done events with Time's Up and also outside, I worked with the Heal Me Too Festival. They're really great. Um, and recently, because I'm really passionate about changing, um, I I want to enact change with, like... Purpose and try and do it so that we're changing the laws so that we actually are protected. Because as you know, like women aren't even really included in the Constitution. So that means, and like, it's not like it says human; it just says man mm-hmm. or men. It like that's not helpful to anyone um, except men, s- right? <laughs> so we have to topple the patriarchy. <laughs> right? You have to topple the patriarchy because it's just not. It's like it's just not working. Um, So last week I went to um, the Capitol to talk to Cuomo and a bunch of other government officials like, like Biagi um, uh, and a couple other senators and asked that they um, eliminate, eliminate the statute of limitations. So we passed the New York safety agenda. And the New York safety agenda is so important because it protects all of us at work. Um, If you are working someplace and you're harassed, they generally like they'll have you sign like an NDA at your workplace. Like you can't talk about what happens at work. So if anything bad happens, you are not permitted to speak on it publicly. Hmm. But they never say that you can't go to, um, the police and say, Hey, this thing happened to me at work. It's not right. Or do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this New York safety agenda will allow us more protection at work, no matter who you are. Um, and it's really important to me because I've worked in restaurants, I've worked in service and I'm always working with people who are immigrants, people of color, queer people. Like it just, we all need to be protected and feel like at least we at least according to law, someone has to take care of us mm-hmm. and someone has to take responsibility. So even though it's not completely perfect and, <laughs> you know, I want to, like, work on the ERA and stuff like that, like, I, I felt like this was one step in trying to get people who are um, part of these marginalized groups, like, protection at work, and really everyone, but, yeah. That's incredible. Um
1: so what did? How did it go? Like, um, like oh, it went they, really well. Like, right.
2: yeah, we got it. Like, right, you know, well, no, right, 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 right. right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I guess I'm like you got it, but I'm. I guess more I meant like, were how were people? How did everyone receive it? Like, were they all just like on board? Was it? Were there? Was there like convincing to be had? Or
2: I think there was definitely convincing to be had. Um, because Samotos was. I mean, there are, there are these there are these people who have been working uh, senators and government officials who have been working on getting this passed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody knows you go into a government building, you go into the Capitol, you go into these buildings, and it's mostly men.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it's like. I I felt like in my experience, I'm talking to people who aren't thinking about, you know, everyone. They're thinking, okay, like, we're talking about eliminating this statute of limitations. So who is that going to affect? That's only going to affect women. That's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just needed to be there to, like, say, hey, pause. This doesn't just affect women. It affects everyone who's at work and needs protection. I am just one of those people. And it's not okay that people are unprotected and lied to at work and and told that they don't have rights, you know, to respect to to working in a dignified place. Mm-hmm. So, um, it felt really good to be like, nah, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's it's everyone and you need to look at this. And I felt like as I was explaining that to some of the government officials, they they weren't seeing it as just like a thing for women they were seeing it for seeing it as a thing for everyone mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. felt like that was really important
1: yeah that's really awesome um I want to take a quick step back and for for people who don't know what Time's Up is can you explain what that is
2: um Time's Up is an organization um that works to help people um get rights to a fair and dignified workplace mm-hmm. okay so, so everything, yeah. what you just said. Yeah. Great.
1: So <laughs> everyone at home, now, you know, um, yeah, you're, that's really important. Thanks for, thanks for doing that work.
0: Oh, thanks. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that maybe feels
1: weird, but it just, looks like, I don't know, it's important that people are doing it and you're using your voice and you're, and that's really important. So thank you for that. Yes.
2: If anybody has any ideas on how I can use my voice going forward, please let me know because I would love to help in any way that I can. Because there's so much we have to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I want to um, to kind of shift gears a little bit and kind of move backwards and um, talk about a Ring of Keys moment if you if you've had one. Um, do you, uh, so Ring of Keys moment really? It's so it comes it comes from. Um the their graphic novel, uh, Fun Home. Are you do you know are you familiar with Fun Home? Okay. So
2: <laughs> I I'm laughing at myself because my partner had to like I was I was reading this email and I was like, What is Ring of Keys? Mm. And then I, you know, of course like berated myself with <laughs> like, You should know this. So all, she <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep going. Yeah, yeah. So I was kinda mad at myself, you know, but she just showed me a bunch of musical theater <laughs> videos. Mm-hmm. So now I know what a, mu- what a Ring of Keys moment is. Great.
1: Yeah. So have you had one? It's okay if you don't.
2: Um, Yeah. So I was in conservatory and got invited to, it would be like being a freshman and getting invited to like a senior party. Ooh. You know? <laughs> so-, <laughs> so I went to this party and at this point I hadn't like, Known if I should identify as a lesbian, I didn't know if I should identify as gay, I didn't know like what I was just like, I don't even know what I should call myself. I'm a human that likes other humans, and that was pretty much like as far as it had been at that particular time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was at this like senior party. I was like, this is the first adult party I've ever been to. Big <laughs> like, deal. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> such a it's huge. So I, I was there and I was with a partner and I saw one of my classmates who is a gorgeous human with her partner and we started talking about how you identify. Mm-hmm. And I was like super awkward, but it like didn't whatever I said like just was just awkward. Cause I was also like, oh my gosh, these two like black women, like just it totally in love and like it just that it was it was kind of like be my auntie, even though you're like <laughs> even though you're like three years older than me. <laughs> you know. But I I just couldn't I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this is so cool. Um, and me and my partner at the time started talking to them and the way that this, um, not classmate, but like one of the people at my school had explained it was kind of exactly how I felt, you know, like regardless of like race, gender, ethnicity, or whatever cultural stuff, like I'm just attracted to all humans. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I also identified with her because, as a mixed woman, seeing a mixed woman be like all of these social constructs don't work. I want to throw them in the garbage. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I like that queer." Got it. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of that was kind of a moment for me that kind of just affirmed. It felt like the one of the most um, affirming times. I love that. <laughs> Are you still in touch? Um, I guess like on the social medias. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah be my auntie. <laughs> I don't think I don't th- I've never told her this. Like I don't think she knows how I really feel, but
1: <laughs> well, if, if if you're listening, uh, that's such that's such a nice thing to hear if you're that person.
2: Yeah. Um But that that happens that moment happens to me a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time I like enter a new stage of adulthood, I'm like, "Who are you? How are mm-hmm. you doing this?" like, you know.
1: Yeah. It's like I it's so inter- it's I feel like I don't know it's we're always evolving wherever mm-hmm. ev- it's like even if we are we know kind of like where we, like a human who loves humans great and then how does that kind of how does that look in each stage of life or like yes. or like how does just being who we are at each stage of life like what does that mean and um I love that freedom it's like it's like almost like you're anchored but also you're free and it's a
2: really cool way to to move through life I think It is. But that's why it's like in a utopian world where everyone can be who they are. Like, it's like when you go to Pride and you see like when you go to the parade and you see like everybody with their whole family out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're just (laughs) like, whoa. Yeah. You know, it just it feels so good. Like, um, yeah, it's just so beautiful. Uh, I wish that I could experience that more but oftentimes like as I enter those new phases of life I'm like okay so like how did you find your person and like how are you building a life or you know what I mean like all Mm -hmm. of those things are something that you can't really find in like at least I don't find it in any any literature but if you have any ideas I will (laughs) gladly look them up
1: I don't I don't it's it's just it's yeah it's again it, it keeps coming back to like the visibility piece of like other people are doing it so I can do it too Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such an important, um, like, I don't know what the right word is, but just very important mm-hmm. to like be able to have that. Um, so you use the word utopian. So I'm going to switch gears and talk about dystopian and you have a queer dystopian short film. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Orion, mm-hmm. uh, tell, tell us about that.
2: um, <laughs> so I often, now I feel like it's going to get really sad because it's like, it's not like a uplifting film. Um, I think a lot about what it's like to, what it will be like if things continue as they, as they are now um, and what my mental health will be like. And then that paired with the opioid epidemic in this country makes mm-hmm. me think, like, wow, if we continue on the way we are and, you know, if they keep killing us, I'm speaking as a brown, black person, um, if they keep killing us, then, then like, what would this future look like in a post-apocalyptic world? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, like, the inspiration for me in making Orion that is centered on these, um, on this, like, lesbian couple... Um, in this post-apocalyptic time. Um, And just begging the question, like, what is it, you know, what is the intersection between, like, um, you know, black queerness and also um, all of the addiction and mental health? Mm -hmm. So... That's a little taste of, like, what the inspiration um, for me in creating that was.
1: It, it and, I don't, and I don't know. Cor- I haven't seen it, so I correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels a little reminiscent-y of Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale. Of just, like, uh, or I'm not – have you seen it or do Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Do you – what are your – I've only seen the first season because I'm actually scared to watch the next seasons for – I'm not sure why. I just haven't been able to – Am I off base?
2: I think it's very yeah. I do mm. think it's like very different. Um, okay, it's just a short film, and it's um, very different from anything that I've seen so far, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of something that I that I wanted to create. Yeah. Um, you know what? If if things continue as they are right now, um, and we live in a space that is. more violent mm-hmm. um, if the news keeps getting worse then what is that going to do to my mental health and will I survive that
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know that was really yeah. my question for myself mm-hmm. um, and having lost friends to addiction I'm from Ohio and like there's a I mean there's a problem in everywhere in this country with the um, opioid crisis and I just I think about like why people. It's like why why do people become addicted to something or mm-hmm. um, or or in this case, if it's in this post apocalyptic world, then why wouldn't you mm-hmm. or why wouldn't you be devastated or sad or struggle with depression? You know, if you're in a world where the news is so horrible, you know, and you keep seeing pe- members of your community killed, mm-hmm. so that's that's really what the what the um, film is about.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm also from Ohio, everybody, so. <laughs> OHIO. Yes. <laughs> um, so you ha- you are nominated as Best Director for something called Cheer Up Charlie, which I think think is a great, uh, you were like, it's gonna bring the mood down, but Cheer Up Charlie,
2: it's in the Cheer- title, <laughs>
1: right? Cheer Up Charlie. <laughs> um, so first of all, congratulations <laughs> on you. your nomination. Um, what's Cheer Up Charlie about?
2: So Cheer Up Charlie is a dark comedy, and it centers on a young woman who sells weed Mm -hmm. so that she can cover her mother's medical bills. Um, Her mother has cancer, and she is working to um, help with those bills. Mm -hmm. Cool.
1: And where can we see all of these um, works that you're um, working on? Uh
2: So projects. I'm going to be doing this uh, film festival circuit with Cheer up Charlie. So mm-hmm. that's something that's like pretty easy for everyone to like, you know, follow on the gram or wherever to find out where that's going to be showing. Because mm-hmm. we have like two episodes showing tomorrow night at the bitter end. And then um, I'll be in Toronto in July. And then we'll also be uh, screening the UK as well at the end of July. So we'll be around. Awesome, that's that's really good. we got six episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, amazing! I can't wait to see them. Um, so we we talked. We've been talking about like we talked about Lena. We talked about Taylor a little bit, and I'm curious if you have like, it, it, or maybe it's Lena, but like a, like a favorite queer representation in the media. And you can have more than one.
2: Okay. Um. feel like I get I I get like queer baited a lot. Hmm. You know, with shows cuz you'll be like, "Oh, they're adding this storyline." or like, "Oh, so I'll watch this show that's like not like great."
0: Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> but,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know, but I but I get this I get this little um huh. Okay. I would say right now the most interesting character that I've been watching is on the show called the bowl type hmm. and her name is the character's name is cat but i think the the um actress i don't know if it's asia or isha d mm-hmm. um but anyway her character is um a black woman who is becoming more and more radical and so that appeals to me mm-hmm. um and also she's like you you continue to see her like coming out Mm -hmm. of being like oh I'm attracted to this woman okay I'll see what you know I'll just like see um so I'm like following her coming out as something that I think relates to queerness in a way of the way that she's responding to how she's coming out and how she's feeling as she's like taking action as it's happening you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever those, like, life stages are, it's, like, you know, the life stage of, oh, my gosh, I just, like, kissed this person for the first time. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my gosh, now I met someone who I really like, but they maybe don't like me back. Like, that whole, like, just, you get all the tea from this character. Mm. And I just, I really appreciate that. That's cool. What's the
1: show called?
2: The Bold Type.
1: Where Where is that? Is that
2: no. Um is it freeform?
1: I don't, I can I google I really it
2: later. That's It's a freeform? Okay, yay. <laughs> yeah, I do miss the Fosters though.
1: I miss the Fosters <laughs> so much. And there's um there's a spinoff. like a spin-off. Did you know? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. I I my friend watched an episode and said it was like it's the Fosters with just like some characters that are new and some that are the same. And I'm like, "Well, that's great.
2: That's But the Fosters was just I I love a good I love a good family drama.
1: Yeah, and it's just it was so. I don't know. I also really loved it, and I loved the the diversity and like seeing trans characters and top surgery scars and um, I've never seen that on. I don't think I've I've ever seen somebody with top surgery scars on a show
2: before. I'm trying to think if that's true now that I just said it. Yeah, because we didn't even get that. From the L word, right? Did we? No, we didn't.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: that really might be.
2: Wow. Because I was thinking about it, I was like, I definitely have watched a lot of like YouTube stuff, but mm-hmm. not anything that's like that's huge. Man, yeah. the Fosters was so great. <laughs> I miss them so much.
1: <laughs> um, I I will say that I miss the original Jesus. And it very much threw me off when the character switched. Um, I agree. Yeah, because I was just like, I don't know. And we all got used to it, and that's great. Um, I'm looking up now because I'm trying to remember um, the actor who plays, like, um, Callie's boyfriend who has has had top surgery um, was in something else. And I can't remember what? And I also can't remember. Do you remember what his name is No, I don't. If you're listening, I'm sorry I don't remember your name, and you're amazing, Um, whoever you are. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the last thing we have is a rapid fire. Um, I'm just going to ask you questions and just answer as quickly as possible to the best of your ability. Okay. Um, Writing or reading? Writing or reading? Reading. Acting or singing?
2: I can't sing singing. Okay.
1: Dogs <laughs> or cats?
2: Ooh, dogs.
1: Beach or mountains? Mountains. Biking or running? Running. Bagels or donuts? <sighs> donuts. Oh. Train or plane? Plane. Pants or shorts?
2: Uh,
1: pants. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Uh,
2: Coke. Yes.
1: Night or day? This is meant to be fun. It's just
0: (laughs) Uh, fine night.
1: (laughs) Favorite dessert. Mm. All desserts. Great. Awesome. (laughs) So uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And, um, so you had mentioned to follow, um, cheer up Charlie on Instagram. What are, what are the handles like your handles? What are the, your shows? Like how can we get in touch with you and how can we follow?
2: Uh, so, yeah, Cheer Up Charlie series is a series that I've directed. Um, you can follow me at Carmen Labou, So, C A R M E N L O B U E. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. And uh, you can also follow Harassment Doc, H E R A S S M E N T D O C E. Great. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for coming out.
0: Thank
1: you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You for Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice, and don't forget to rate and review us, it really helps.